Hello and welcome back to Brawler Bios. This is episode two. My name is Melorian, also known as Brian, and this is a War Machine podcast brought to you by the great folks there of Line of Sight. And as I said, this is going to be War Machine focused, but even more specifically, this is going to be Brawl Machine focused. So again, if you don't know how Brawl Machine works, go check it out there on Line of Sight. It's basically how to make the rules work at 25 points and what we do here on brawler bios is we're going to get, take one of the casters break it down talk about the rules talk about potential list and then the fun part is getting into the grading so last week we talked about helga the conqueror from minions if you're interested in that go back to episode one but today we're going to be hopping over to the other side of the fence and we are going to be looking at the mercenaries starter box caster now for mercenaries they don't actually have a starter box much like the minions there's not a physical box you can buy there used to be but not anymore now if you go and look on their rules for things like journeyman leagues they're going to go and have the rules there for what type of starter boxes you can use and the one that really blew my mind when i saw it was on there is Osram. General Osram. This this is one that if you are here usually used to the 75 points, Osram is an amazingly good caster. You'll be seeing it there in the top tables. And so luckily, you know, that's the reason why Brawl Machine has basically a, a ban list. They call it an epic list, but it's a ban list. And Osram is not on that list. Osram is not even on the we are watching it list. So today, we got to see if that's a mistake. We're going to be going through this caster and seeing if at the end of the day, if it's going to be getting A's all the way across the board or what's happening here when we look at General Osram in the lens of Brawl Machine. So looking into the rules, General Osram, as we said, is a mercenary Rulik Warcaster. Osram has speed four because, you know, the small dwarf legs, uh, strength six, mat seven, rat six, uh, defense 14, armor 17, so a little bit higher on the curve there, which is pretty nice, getting some extra armor, command 9, and then it's going to be focus 6 with 18 boxes, so not too bad so far. It has two weapons, the first one is just a regular old hand cannon, range 12, rate of fire 1, pow 12, super easy. The melee weapon, on the other hand, is Oathbreaker. Now, Oathbreaker is a half-inch magical P plus S 13 weapon, but it does have a different rule, which is critical decapitation. So for those who don't know what that means, that means on a critical hit, double the damage exceeding the armor of the model hit. And then if the model's disabled by that, they can't make a tough roll. So this is one we'll talk about a little bit later, but realize it's not just decapitation, it's critical. So there's a couple things going on here, but really focused on in your mind. Uh, Osram is going to be having one rule, which is very, very relevant, which is Tactician Rulik. So what that does is while in this model's command range, Friendly Rulik models can ignore other friendly Rulik models when determining line of sight. Friendly Rulik models can advance through other friendly Rulik models in this command uh, model's command range if they have enough movement to completely move past them. So 
This is normally huge. When it comes to things at 75 points, you have a whole bunch of Rulik Jacks everywhere. You have some Rulik artillery. You have some maybe some units, a, a battle engine, you know, Osram himself. And the, the ability that all these things around him is having tactician is huge. Note that when we get back here to Brawl Machine, not as huge. Definitely a nice thing to have on the card, but... Again, when we're trying to think of that mindset of 75 points to 25, we got to kind of remember what we're actually looking at here on the table. All right, getting to the spells, there's a good number of them. And the first one here is going to be Bullet Dodger. Now, Bullet Dodger is a cost two, rain six upkeep spell. And what it does is target friendly faction model gains plus two defense and dodge. So what the dodge does is that a model of dodge can advance up to two inches immediately after an enemy attack that missed it is resolved unless it was missed while advancing. It cannot be targeted by free strikes during this movement. So this is not like one of those other defensive spells where it's okay, you get plus two defense against spells or range or just in this situation. You just get plus two defense. And on top of that, you also get uh, dodge. So dodge can actually be very, very, very relevant. And as we talked about his stats before that were 14, 17, you know, you throw this on this little tiny dwarf, making it a 16, 17, and all of a sudden you're way survivable. All right, next spell is Energizer. So this is going to be a cost two self spell, and what it does is each model in the spellcaster's battle group that is currently in its control range can immediately advance up to two inches. Energizer can be cast only once per activation. So whereas normally we talk about this slow dwarf not really getting to where it needs to be, Energizer changes all of that because not only is it basically saying okay, add two to the the speed the movement that you're going to be moving as for these models, but it also doesn't need to be linear. You can have these very interesting things where, hey, I'm going to go and do Energizer so that this model can move around the wall, move over here so you can get line of sight. Whatever it needs, you have to really keep in mind that this is not linear movement, and there's a lot of tricks you can do with this. There's also stuff here where you can go and do this and breaking up activations. So maybe something is in a bad spot where if it activates here, that's not going to be good. Well, okay, I'm just going to go and energize it, move it over here. That's now fantastic. Let's think of things like slams. If you want to go and make a model slam, it has to go directly towards, which is very limiting. If you could be casting Energizer, hmm, that makes it way better. All right, next spell on here is an expensive one, but it's really, really good. And that is Fire for Effect. Now, what this is is a cost three, so half the stack, but it's rain six upkeep. And what it does is boost the attack and damage roll of target friendly faction models' first range attack each activation. So this is... A three, a three cost to put it out there in the very beginning, but then after that, it's just going to be one upkeep to really allow that that model you put it on to get two focus worth of boost every single turn. So if you can get this out there early, hey, I mean, just for the focus efficiency, this is going to be working out 
over the long term. However, you also have to keep in mind that with a spell like this, that if you have something else that's really worrying about trying to get crits or trying to bypass damage or anything like that, but it's a model that just normally can't have focus, that's very limited for that. Well, this is exactly what you want on it. So if you have a normal solo that can't get focus, but really, really, really wants to hit, well, putting fire for effect on it is fantastic. And if you have anything else you can load it up on, like if you can find something with a spray attack, an AoE, that is all the first range attack it's making. So all those things are going to be boosted. It is very, very powerful and put on the right model can do very many things for you. All right. The next spell on here is going to be Snipe. Now, Snipe is a cost 2, range 6, upkeepable spell. Lots of upkeeps on here. There's, there's three of them. This is the third one now. And what it does is target friendly factions, model, or units, range weapons gain plus 4 range. So, hey, you just go ahead and shoot farther. So, this is a very flexible spell. It's also a little bit cheaper, so it's actually more reasonable. You can be swapping it back and forth between models. So, in one turn, cast it on this one. Next turn, upkeep, and then recast it on a different unit after the first one's activated. So, this can be adding a lot of threat to your force. Um, when you want maybe like me new to this, you know, plus 4 range doesn't sound like very much. It is very much. It is very, very relevant. All right. The last spell on the card is Unstoppable Force. It is a long one, but a very powerful one. So what it does, it's a cost to self. And what it does is this. While in the spellcaster's control range, models in its battle group gain bulldoze. Unstoppable Force lasts for one turn. So what Unstoppable Force and Bulldoze then does is when a model with Bulldoze is base to base with an enemy model during its normal movement, you can push that model up to two inches directly away from it. A model can be pushed by Bulldoze only once per turn. Bulldoze has no effect when a model makes a trample power attack. Now, if you're someone who has been playing for a while, you might want to stress in your mind that this can only be done once per model per turn. It's not like the olden days. We can push, 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 push with lots of different models. Uh, and another one here, too, is that you it has to be during its regular movement. So when you do that fun energizer spell, you can't bulldozer with that movement. So something to really think about, but bulldoze is a very powerful spell. Whether you're bumping things out of the way so that they're just out of the way, or maybe you're moving them aside so you can charge to where you really want to go, uh, moving something out of a zone, out of control range, moving it closer to you so other things can get to it. There's a lot of things you can do with that two inch bump and it can be massive. So really, really good spell list. Lots of interesting things you can do there. He's very versatile, which we'll get to later with the grading. But let's now move on to his perfect plan, which is his feet. So what perfect plan does is friendly Rulik model units currently in Osram's control range gain plus three armor, plus three speed, and Pathfinder, and it lasts for one round. So again, very important to understand round versus turn. So this is gonna be helping you during your part of the turn and the full round, meaning your opponent's turn that follows after that. And really, this is huge. Like you see a lot of other feats, which might be just the plus armor or just the speed or something like this, but getting all these things is really, really massive. Of course, the one limiting factor being that it only affects friendly Rulik models. So 
hey, we're talking about mercenaries. There's a lot of different things you can take. Luckily, for at least himself in the Bala group, which has to be Rulik, that's going to be all Rulik models, so that's a good thing, I guess. However, if you take all these other fancy models that aren't Rulik, it's not going to apply. So, a very powerful thing that can be, first of all, taking your slow, slow Rulik models and actually making them threat very far, right? Plus three inches of threat, very significant. And also, that is speed. Meaning, if you decide to run with a model, you're basically doubling that. You're basically getting an extra six inches on the board, which is significant. And then after that, you're going to be having plus three armor as well. So you can go in, you can get the alpha, you can jam whatever you want. And then Rulik models typically already have very high armor. And then when you add three to that, well, now they're going to be very, very beefy. So it is definitely a very nice feat that there's lots of things you can be doing with. So with that in mind, let's look at what a potential list is. Now, Looking at that feat, you might be very tempted between that and Tactician to go to the Rulik theme, which is going to really allow you to just take everything that's Rulik so that everything applies to everything. And if you go look at some other channels like at Community Killer, you can see some of these builds in effect. They can be very interesting, very great. For me, however, I decided to go a different way. I decided to go and make this inside of Irregulars because of the mix of solos I can take with this and because of the playstyle I more want to go with. So let's talk about what I did here. I'm going with General Osram, surprise, surprise, in Irregulars. And also, I guess I should kind of say too, for those who aren't aware, the main thing I'm getting here from Irregulars is access to a whole bunch of character models. But the other things I can be saying too is that, sure, there's a Jack Marshall thing if I want to get into that. You don't normally see that inside a Brawl Machine because there's not enough points. But I also get to re-roll my starting roll for the game, which is very often very significant. All right. My battle group with those points is going to be a basher, a driller, a blaster, and also a gunner. So this is going to be your regular driller, great 10-point jack, the basher, which is the slam heavy. So again, when I have that energizer, you definitely want to have this. There's a lot of funny things you can do with the basher. Uh, and then, of course, the two little bunnies, which are very focus efficient, which you need with a caster that's only focus six and will be doing lots of upkeeps, lots of spells. And at the same time with this, you know, you got the one that does a solid shot. You got the one that does the spray. It does okay output. But when you want to be doing a bulldoze target, they can just run up there and push things around. Isn't really a big loss if it dies. You know, a, a six point little blaster or gunner is perfect for that. Now, my free thing that I took from this is going to be Iris 1. Now, to warn you, Iris 1 is actually currently on the watch list, so depending on when you're listening to this, if it's already to the version 2 of the Rules of Brawl Machine, she might actually now be banned, but wow, Iris 1 is amazing. So, of course, one of the nice things you can be doing with her is you shoot a caster or a warlock, and you strip off all their focus and fury, and on top of that, they don't get those next turn either. So, wow, this is really huge in a game of Brawl Machine where there already isn't a lot of models to protect you. You probably don't have a lot of shield guards available. 
having Iris that can basically say like, oh, d- did you plan to do things with your caster that fuels your army? Sorry, they're not going to have any focus, meaning you have to drop all of your upkeeps. You're not allocating anything extra. You're not doing any spells. And next turn, I'm going to do it again. And between maybe putting on, if you really need it, snipe or also fire for effect, you can really make sure these things happen. Now, here's another nice thing you can do with this as well. She has that disruption shot, which also makes it so you can disrupt warjacks. So you can imagine a scenario where you go in slamming with the basher to knock down a jack and then shoot it with Iris. And now it cannot get the focus it needs to stand back up. So it's really going to stay there for its turn doing nothing. The control abilities you get from Iris very very potent and then underneath Ostrom even though she's not even Rulik the fact that you have access to fire to effect and also snipe really 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 huge threat your opponent might just hide with their warcaster the entire game now we're going to be staying on with this gun theme as we go through a few more of my choices and the next one here is going to be Glen Cormier, the Illuminated One. So for those who aren't really aware of what this model is, this is that Morwen new solo that we have that has the Banisher. It is a gun where really if you damage a model, you get to place it one inch. Now when you're placing it, you can turn it around, you can do whatever you want to do, but this is a perfect example of the model you want fire for effect on. You know, she has okay rat, it's seven, but you know, that's not always super dependable. And to actually damage, she's only POW 12 with the Banisher, so that can have a lot of times damaging some of your heavy warjacks, unless it's suddenly getting the boost because of fire for effect. And again, if we're looking at this army that wants to shoot and control and move things around, well, this is fantastic. I mean, one of the things you can think of is that, sure, you can use your feet to spill, uh, speed up your driller and get there fast and get it there when you want it, but there's only so so many targets you can go after. So what if on your feet turn, you want to be going after one heavy? but ignoring the other heavy. Well, okay, I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to turn around and move it away an inch. And it's not just the fact that it's an inch further away, but now that it's not facing me, it can't charge me. I'm basically reducing its threat by four, and that can be massive. All right, we're not done with the guns yet. We're now also going to be going on and adding on Harlow Holdenheim. This is the one that you'll be seeing all the time. It is an actual Rulik model, so you can actually get some benefits from that. But this is the one that has two guns. Each one is rate of fire two, and it can do everything from ghost shot to lighting things on fire, making things lose incorporeal. It just goes shooty, shooty, shoot. And the biggest thing you can do here is that this is one of the ones that really wants to be having snipe. Since it has something like ghost shot, you can go and put it there behind a building, put snipe on it, and it's going to just sit there and aim and shoot at things that are 16 inches away. And that is very difficult for your opponent to try and deal with. And even though they are only POW 12, those will pick away very, very quickly. Finally, we're going to be adding in Scythe. Scythe is another range solo, which is range 12, POW 10, Weapon Master though, and with that though, it's also multi-fire. So again, to really add to the threat of this, this is where we're wanting to be actually be using Snipe here as well. So in my mind, the way I see this going is you're going to be putting Fire for Effect on Glen Cormier. You're going to be putting Snipe on either Harlow or Scythe, and then every single turn, you're going to be going and upkeeping fire for effect, 
upkeeping snipe, shoot, 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 and then recasting snipe on the other solo. And then if you ever really need it, you always have that threat where you can be changing your plans, putting one of those spells on Iris, and boom, I got you. And really what you're going to be doing then with this game plan is shooting, 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 forcing them to commit, and then once they come in, you can be going in there, popping your feet, sending in the bashers, sending in the driller, go doing a whole bunch of nasty things, and then probably controlling them so well that they can't even come back. Now, that would probably be awesome enough, but I still have five more points. And with my last five points, I'm putting in the Kayazi Eliminators. Probably one of the best units in the game when you want to be comparing them to their points and what they can do for you. Two models that can go and score a zone for us, and because we don't have any other solos, or sorry, any other units, that's very, very important. And then just the fact that they can go in there and jam, they can be causing a lot more issues. There's not really a lot of synergy directly with Osram with the Kayazi Eliminators. However, when you do have a gun plan, and maybe you need to hold them back, maybe you need to run up and contest, or whatever it is, it's nice to have these two models that go up to defense. 17 and then if you really want to make things crazy put bullet dodger on one of them put do bullet dodger on one of them and they jump up to defense 19 that's actually something you could be doing with iris as well she is base defense 16 meaning that she'll jump up to 18 and if they're trying to clear her out and miss boom you dodge away and they're gonna have a hard time now, I think with this then, this is where this army is also going to be looking to scenario and where I can be clearing things out and controlling. And if at any time you leave yourself up with an opening, well, guess what? Glenn shoots one, moves an inch, maybe out of the zone. I can go with the basher, slam something out of the zone. The blaster or gunner can run up there and just bulldoze or something out of the zone. And all of a sudden, this can be just very quickly, score, 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 I win. So... To me, this is a very powerful army and a good example of one where everything on Osram's card, or a lot on the card, is saying you should be taking Rulik, but especially in this situation here, I think there's a lot of powerful things you can do with these character solos to really make them shine in the game. So with that being said, we've gone over the rules, we've gone over the potential list, let's get to some grades. Now, the first one on here will be the grade on the answers. So if you do see things like high armor, high defense, anything else like that, does Osram have an answer to it? And actually, when I started looking at this, there aren't really a lot of answers on the card. A lot of the answers you might say is maybe there is like, well, if you have this, I can push you back and delay. But delaying is not really an answer when you think about it. So if you run into something, it's like, well, I, you have really high armor. I can't deal with that. There's really high defense. I can't deal with that. Incorporeal, anything else, not really there. The only thing I could maybe give to him is that since that this is a Rulik, it's going to be then having sturdy on some of the jacks so that they can't be pushed. But even that's not really helpful. So to me, when I look on the grade of Osram on its ability to bring answers to the table... I'm going to have to give this one a C, you know, maybe even like a C minus. There's just not really a lot there. There's things like delaying, but that's really it. It's, it's really a poor grade in this area. However, that being said, let's talk about the questions. And as we said before, the question here is so extreme with adding on things like the snipe and the 
extra fire for effect threat and also from the feet being able to send things out and also the high defense. This whole card, everything on Osram's card is all about asking hard questions and there's so many different ones on there that really depending on the situation you can say okay i'm going to offer up this one or this one or this one and i think the only limiting factor is that focus six so there's only so many things you can do but really if you look at one list and say these two questions are going to be hurting my opponent the most you just go and push those very hard and they're just going to have a hard time now with that then, what grade does Osram get? And I just got to give an A. I think this is where Osram really excels. There's so many different things there on the card for your opponent to be dealing with. And it's to the point where they just might not know what to do. They're like, well, if I stay back, I get shot. If I move in, I get charged. If I try and go in between, I get moved around and shot and get no focus. There's just a lot of things that can happen here for Osram. And so this is why he is so strong in 75. And it's also going to be so strong here as well in Brawl Machine. So now let's go look at the personal output. By this, I mean like it's maybe getting light, light game. There's not a lot of other pieces. You now need Osram to go in there, get his hands dirty, actually try and kill something. How good is Osram at that? And the answer is very, very bad. Now we did say that, sure, he has critical decapitation, but there's a couple of issues here. One, Speed 4 is really, really not that great. Uh, another part of this too is the critical decapitation means that he's going to be needing to boost the hit. And even when you boost the hit, there's not really a guarantee you're going to get a critical. I don't know if it's like 40% or whatever it is, but it means that you're really just hoping. And even then, if you got a crit, it's all based on how much damage you do after. So it's a huge gamble if you even get anything there. Honestly, I think that when it comes to Osram and his threat, it's maybe just the idea that he might put Snipe on himself and have then a fairly significant hand cannon shot, but that's really it. So I think when it comes to this one here, I'm going to be giving this one a D. I think that Osram's personal Alpin threat just really isn't there. He doesn't really have a lot there to be threatening things, and even if he gets surrounded by like a good amount of, you know, a few infantry, he's going to struggle to try and swing his way out of them. So this is definitely a bad grade for Osram. He wants to lead the forest. He does not want to get his hands dirty. Now, what would be the grade for Osram for a new player? So if you're introducing a new player to the game and they're like, yeah, I came here and I want to be playing with Osram, is that a good thing? Is this a caster that is actually easy to play, fun to play? Well, looking at Osram and all the things he can do, kind of you know there's a lot of interesting things you can do the nice thing because of that is it means that no matter what this new player wants to play with osram osram can make them good it's it's very difficult to make a list in mercenaries that osram's allowed into that he doesn't synergize with in some way you'd have to go significantly out of your way to really make it be nothing and even then you're kind of forced to with the battle group that you have to have so there's always going to be something you can be doing there along the way so that's a really good thing it, it might be a thing that for new players they're going to be finding him a little bit boring though you know he's one of those casters that's going to be sitting back and casting spells, maybe shooting off the odd hand cannon shot, but that's really it. So for them, that might be a bit of an issue as well. They might come up with an idea and not realize like, oh, there's all these things on this card and I plan to do them all. 
and I don't know if I can actually do that. So I'm going to go partway into my turn. Oh no, I've ran out of focus. Yeah, this didn't really work out. So I think there could be some frustration there as well. So I think for new players, I'm going to be putting Osram as a C. It's one that I think I would not recommend, actually, to be honest, because it's not that he's really overly complicated. It's just that he can really tempt you into going into these big, huge, elaborate plays that you're going to find yourself petering out on. So maybe it's not like super bad. Let's give it a C plus. That's not so bad, but it's definitely not one that I would recommend to a new player uh, if they came up to me and asked me who they should be starting with. Now, what if you're an experienced player? If you're coming in here and you're used to tournament play, you're now going to be doing some Brawl Machine Leagues, and your goal is to win and kick butt, is this one I'd be suggesting to an experienced player? And the answer here, absolutely. You're going to have to be very careful in the way that you design your list so that the answers are going to be worked in probably into your sideboard. This is actually one way where the way that Brawl Machine works with a sideboard of model options that you can swap in and out can really help in that answer spot that he was lacking. So if you have some options in there like Ragman to be answering with armor or something like that, something to be also lowering defense, maybe something that knocks down, you know, something like this, that's a good way where an experienced player that can think about these things and plan for them, put them into the sideboard, it's going to work out fantastic. And then all of a sudden, these things that were the drawback, like, well, there's not really a lot of answers, you know, the personal output's not really there those things don't really turn to be that big of a deal anymore. So when it comes to actually using it as an experienced player, I got to give this one an A. This is a fantastic one to be taking. Again, you can go over there and see some examples by the community killer on their YouTube channel. But otherwise, yeah, if you're an experienced player and you're going to a Brawl Machine League and you're wondering who to use, I think Osram is a great one. Now, at the beginning of this, I did kind of tease about, oh, you know, Osram, should he actually be on the epic list? Is he too powerful? And I don't believe he is. You know, as we kind of said, there's a lot of power there in 75, but a lot of that is the way that it scales, right? Things like how Tactician works, or how Energizer affects everything in the battle group, how things like Bulldozer can be affecting everything in the battle group. How having, at that point, lots of the little gun bunnies can be making it so that you're super, super focus efficient. Well, when it comes to Brawl Machine, these things don't really apply in the same way. You know, you can take one of each of those small little gun bunnies, uh, the one blaster and the gunner, and then otherwise, you're going to have to take things like the driller and the basher. They'll need focus to actually fuel. If you're going to go and do Energizer, it's only on those small models. So, I think a lot of the effect that you see in those power games and 75 you don't really see it here in 25 so if you're a person that start off by like oh wait you know <laughs> you're saying that he might be banned i don't know if i'm going to get into this don't worry about it i think he's perfectly fine awesome is great in brawl machine and you should not feel bad about using him so there you go there's going to be my grading and coverage of Osram. next week we're going to be covering scorn and their battle box caster so that should be a lot of fun if you have any comments or any feedback we'd love to hear it put it down below and otherwise we'll catch you later bye